All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr, and today, Dorge and I are joined by special guest, Tony Warden. Tony is a professional archer from Canada that has a ton of accolades. You'll hear all about that here in this first episode, but the premise of this podcast and a couple podcasts going forward are going to be breaking down Tony's studies on arrows. Tony is breaking down and testing a ton of different arrow setups from a bunch of different manufacturers in the industry, different fletchings, different knocks, different broadheads, the whole nine yards, different combinations. This is a very extensive test. And at the time of this first recording, none of the data from phase one was released or published. And as I am releasing this episode, that information is actually published. So if you listen to this podcast and you wanna learn more, you wanna see what we're talking about, Go to wardensoutdoor.com and you'll see all the different graphs and all the different studies from phase one of this testing where Tony is basically testing speed deprivation, efficiency, and energy loss at different ranges from different arrow manufacturers, different processes to actually build the arrow. In part two of this podcast, when we sit down with Tony Warden again, we're going to specifically break down what he found. But at the time of this first recording, it wasn't released yet. He was still working on getting it published. But in this episode, we are talking about what he is trying to accomplish with his studies. It's a really interesting conversation. The amount of work that it took Tony to go through to get this information out to us, I can't thank him enough. It's super intriguing stuff. And at the end of this episode, if you don't want to try the Exodus MMT arrows, I don't know why. With that being said, everyone... Good luck this weekend across the country. Seasons are going to be open everywhere. Uh, My neighbors over in Pennsylvania, good luck this weekend. Midwest, good luck this weekend. Thank you guys for tuning in. Let's have an awesome bow season. I hope you continue to tune in as you make your drives to the stand. And uh, like I said, I just can't thank you guys enough for tuning in and gaining this knowledge that my guests are willing to share with me. It, it means a lot. So with that being said, let's get into the podcast with Dorge and Mr. Tony Ward. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear podcast today. I'm jacked up. We got some really cool information to share with everyone. I'm joined by Dorge again, and this time we have a new guest, uh, Mr. Tony Warden. Tony is an archery enthusiast, is the title that I was given. Uh, Tony, how you doing? Thanks for share. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here, Jake. I appreciate it. Dorge, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I mean, just like it's been crazy. You know, hunting season is around the corner. You can imagine. Hunting season has started. I know, but for most of the guy who hunt on October 1st, it's around the corner. I know some people are just shot deer like you. That's a nice one you shot, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Well, today we have um, a, a really extensive test to discuss. So I think you guys may have even heard on previous episodes that George was talking about all the different testing that he was hoping to have soon to go over, and we have the results. So... Uh, why don't why don't you, Tony, introduce yourself to everyone so to everyone knows what to expect uh, from you? Okay, well, thanks, Jake. Um, as you said, I'm an archery enthusiast. Uh, I started shooting in 1964. Um, pr- 
probably the winningest archer in Canadian history. I've taken two IFA, IFAA world titles, uh, one North American field archery title and 15 Canadian field archery titles, um, along with uh, being a bow hunter, an average bow hunter. Uh, and I've tested out over 2000 products during my lifetime for companies. Uh, nothing to the extent of uh, what I've done this time. Um, I've spent the last 10 months just collecting the data and trying to make a little bit of sense out of the data. Um, and that's just for phase one of this testing. I still have uh, two more phases to go. Um, and the testing all revolves around uh, arrows, um, how close they are matched together, uh, different concepts for fletching them, arrow flight, um, and then it'll be how broadheads affect them, how different lighted knocks affect your arrow flight. I'm hoping that this is going to be one of the most extensive um, uh, looks into arrow building and arrow flight. Uh, I've kind of called it right now, tentatively, uh, the flight of the arrow. Um, but, you know, that <laughs> doesn't sound like the greatest title either. Um, I've put in, oh, a couple of thousand shots through it, uh, through the um, lab radar unit. Um, if your listeners aren't familiar with it, the lab radar unit will give you, um, say, your muzzle velocity, you know, the velocity right at zero, and then you can program it out, you know, over 100 yards uh, for bow shooting, uh, or shooting a bow, I should say. Uh, it will deal with uh, handguns and rifles as well for their uh, ballistic speeds. Uh, but all of mine has been done actually um, up to 60 yards. And then I used a um, uh, calculation to project out to 100 yards because trying to get those distances accurately is really difficult. Um, so I've used the lab radar. It does the foot per second quite accurately. Uh, unfortunately, like it does give you your kinetic energy, but I found that probably 70% of the kinetic energy calculations weren't right. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, like that, it's a big, uh, uh, that's a big program that they, they would have to put in to get it perfectly accurate. So I went back and recalculated using three different uh, kinetic energy calculators. Okay. Uh, three that I trust and all three of those gave me the exact same, like within a thousandth of a, of a foot pound of kinetic energy. Um, so the data that I have is extremely accurate. Um, I've done this all on my own. I have not had any product sponsors. Nobody's given me uh, their arrows or uh, fletching or anything like that. I either had it in stock from when I had my two businesses or um, 
I went out and bought it myself. Uh, so I tried to keep this as uh, unbiased as possible. Um, what questions do you have? <laughs> oh, I have a, I have a, t a ton of questions. So <laughs> uh, I think it, as you were stating there, that I think it's important to note that we do have Dorge here, but this was an independent, mm -hmm. this was an independent test. Um, this was not for FireNock or um, in association with FireNock, but FireNock components were a part of the test and Dorge is going to add his insight to that as well. So why don't, right. we, why don't we start with, uh, so phase one is done. Phase one is done. What went into phase one? What were you testing and what were the different, um, how many different arrows fletching components were, were in this test? <laughs> okay. Uh, phase one dealt with arrow weight, arrow speed, and kinetic energy. Okay, so anything to do with an arrow in flight. Um, used seven different archery companies. Uh, some of them I used maybe two different types of their arrows, uh, some five and six types. It took into account crossbows and uh, compound bow uh, arrows. So I tried to give a, a very broad definition. I would have liked to have used more. Uh, total, I use, between components and uh, the actual sh arrow shafts, I use 19 different companies' um, products, okay? Uh, whether it was either, you know, FireNock product, a boning product, um, Saunders products, uh, for components, those are the main ones that I use. And then for the companies that I, I worked with, uh, I used Gold Tip, Fire Knock, obviously. Um, who else did I use? Gold Tip, I used Carbon Tech. Um, Black you go. Eagle. Um, yeah, so that was what, three? Element. Element Archery, yes. And we're going by my memory here. I, I uh, unfortunately don't have a printout of it. Um, and basically I tried to use every possible combination uh, between using uh, say boning products on Dorge's fire knock arrows or using Dorge's fire knock arrows combined with Saunders points uh, on, you know, Golden Eagle. Uh, I really try to mix things up as much as possible. Um, and in a nutshell, if you if you have that graph that I sent Dorge, you can see that everything as far as speed goes, um, up to about 30 yards, they're pretty darn close. It's once we start getting past 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards and more, you actually see a very large difference. Um, Raven arrows were another one I shot exclusively out of the Raven compound bows. And um, I, without giving away too much, because I'd like people to see the, uh, the, the data and whatnot, uh, you can, you can basically see that the rate, how the Raven arrows 
will perform excellent, you know, up to 20 yards. And then you start seeing a shift at 30, 40, 50. Um, you know, the, the rest of the group of arrows, they're all very, very close under 30 yards, um, which is, it, it's kind of great for the average shooter. Um, but for your professional archers, your professional bow hunters, or your really avid bow hunters and the guys out West that, you know, shoot their crossbows 100, 150 yards out to, uh, to get, you know, to shoot a, a pronghorn antelope or whatever. Um, that's where the real difference in the types of arrows and the style used to make the arrows. Uh, one thing that kind of hit me uh, doing this, I, I started building my own arrows in 1970, okay? And when you look at the industry today, the one thing that stands out is that the arrow building, uh, the way people build arrows now is the same way that they built them back in 1970. And I was taught by my dad who started shooting in like 1952. So nothing has really changed until now, okay? Uh, the Concept 1.0 and Concept 2.0, um, when you're starting to get out farther in your distances, they do outperform. But the neat thing is, is, you know, and Dorge is probably not gonna like me saying this, but you can take a, um, a Black Eagle carnivore and make it into concept one or concept 2.0. It doesn't necessarily have to be his uh, shafts that you use. Uh, I'm sure George wants that. And uh, to be honest, uh, the only way from what I understand a person can get concept one and concept 2.0 arrows is getting built by a, one of his uh, manufacturers because it is a very uh, precise uh, and technical um, formula for doing this. Uh, but the other thing, and this is something that really stood out, the 1940s, 50s, 60s, all the way up till now, everybody's been using your standard Joe Jan, Bitsenberger, Boning, all those type of um, arrow making jigs. And the one thing they all have in common is that you put your arrow on a 45 degree angle to fletch, okay? Uh, the problem with that is you, you're, well, the main thing, your glue, when you put it on, you're holding the, um, the fletching clamp with the, flat, with the vein in it. You're holding it straight across horizontally, you put your glue on, and then you turn and you put it on a 45 degree angle to clamp it onto your arrow, okay? So picture this, glue is on nice and even all the way, and then you take it and you hold it for on a 45 degree angle, that glue starts sliding down to the back of the uh, fletching. So when you glue it on, you're getting more glue at the back, less glue at the front. 
And it makes a difference, not only in aero flight, but aero durability too. Okay, because you don't have as much and it throws things off set. Uh, so that's why a lot of guys, when they build their arrows, they put a little dab of glue on the front of the fletching to kind of hold it down because they come off real easy if they don't have enough glue. With um, the new, uh, well, it's not really new, it's about 10 years old, but with uh, the system, the, the um, uh, arrow, arrow vein jig, arrow vein jig, thank you. Yep. Um, you're always on a level uh, working environment. You never have that 45 degree angle. Um, so, I mean, arrow components have, uh, uh, and aero materials have all advanced over the years. Um, all your archery equipment has advanced tremendously over the years, except for the way that people build their arrows. And to be honest, it makes a difference. Okay. I actually fletched some um, arrows up that had nothing to do with uh, fire knock or the concept or anything other than the uh, their arrow jig. And it does make a one and 2% difference in the accuracy, okay? It doesn't sound like a lot, but think about what at 40 yards, what 2% means, you know, uh, if, if you're losing say around 7%, okay, on an arrow going 300 feet per second, you're losing 12 feet per second. If you go up another 1%, you know, you're, you're up to 16% uh, difference in or 16 feet per second. You're going to drop a lot more. Your accuracy is a lot less. So that's, that's really what the crux of all of this data is doing is it, it's, it's kind of showing how arrows are flying, how they're made. Um, you know, I've done my best to do a couple of videos on arrow making with both as I, as I was building the arrows for this, uh, which I hope to sometime get those put up onto, uh, publish them onto the website as well. Uh, but the first thing we got to do is finish up all the different graphs so that I can get them, you know, the data published. But in a nutshell, um, to be perfectly honest with everybody, the best performing arrow out there is your Concept 2.0 using all, all the fire uh, knock um, accessories or components to it. Uh, definitely outperforms including Dorge's 1.0. And I say that uh, <laughs> with, a, with the caveat that I was the one that invented the concept 2.0. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, there is a little bit of dealings between Dorge and I in that fact that, uh, you know, I, it just basically, I thought, hey, what if we do this? And I did it and we got the... Um, uh, I got the results, sent them to Dorge, and he had it patented like within two weeks. But 
<laughs> which yeah i mean you know god love him dorge is such an amazing uh and smart human being and uh i mean for him to be able to deal with patent laws to get get something patent that quick is amazing um but yeah i can honestly say and if any other archery company wants to send me their stuff and test it and I'll go head to head or I'll build them some arrows and they can test them head to head. Uh, I can confidently say the Firenock Concept 2.0 is the best made arrow on the planet as of right now. When you say the best, in terms of what? In terms of speed deprivation or accuracy or penetration or all of the above? All of the above. Okay, my initial testing, um, when I first tested the uh, 2.0 system, uh, we found that you can, you'll be using a heavier arrow, you know, 30, 40 grains heavier, but your point of impact is actually about 10 yards higher using the concept 2.0 because it, it, it has a, a much flatter trajectory. I know it defies logic defies physics but it works and i think one of the main reasons it works is because it takes your for lack of a better term wind tunnel and shrinks it down to its smallest possible when when an arrow flies it doesn't just spin it flutters and it kind of spins in an oval as well and a regular arrow might have a uh, what they call a six inch wind tunnel or wind current going around it. All anything that that moves has a wind current. Okay. And the wind tunnel that I'm talking about is just, you know, the air pressure that it creates around the, the crosswind signature. I'm sorry? The crosswind signature. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Dorge is really technical on these things. I'm kind of a layman <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. Um uh, uh, describing this stuff. I understand it, but describing it, he's, he's a little better at it. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the wind signature, a standard arrow probably has about a six inch wind signature. Okay. Or, um, air tunnel. Uh, when you get down to the concept 2.0, you barely looking at it going past the, the fletching. Okay. So that allows it to keep more energy in flight than it than a standard arrow. Uh, and that that's that was basically the science behind it. We're just taking the the spin, increasing the spin, decreasing the uh, wind tunnel. And um, yeah, we go out 80, 90, 100 yards and you're shooting way higher with those than uh, with any other shafts or any other uh, way to make an arrow. At what distance did you see that difference really take place? 40 yards. 40 yards. 40 yeah, yards and 40 out. 40 yards and out, there's a noticeable difference. Um, and then, yeah, the farther that you go out, uh, the better. I think at 100 yards, um, you guys have the chart. I don't, but I, I believe we're just around 10% um, drop at 100 yards from um, muzzle velocity. 
whereas some of the arrows are up around 20%. And I think the average is around 14% drop in technology, or sorry, in uh, speed at those distances. So yeah, it just, it, it stores and holds the energy much longer the farther that you go out. Sure. So I have the the chart here and it looks like uh, 13% of 13% of speed lost at a hundred yards. And we'll just use a gold tip arrow as a comparison. And at a hundred yards, it's at 17 and a half percent. So that's a 4% difference. And then if you just look at the average here, it's going to be 18%. So um, fire knock lost just under 13% of its total, um, speed and the average would have been right at 18%, which is pretty okay, substantial. So, so the chart that you had, and I apologize to the listeners. I'm not sure what chart you were looking at. Uh, I also have a chart that breaks down concept 1.0 and 2.0, okay. uh, along with the regular arrows, you know, uh, it's the same chart, and, but instead of just saying fire knock, it's got concept one and fire knock concept two. Uh, so that's where the difference between me saying around 10% and you saying 13, the 10% is on the concept 2.0. Okay. That makes sense. George, how, what do you think of this data? Well, actually, that confirms everything I said because, see, I the initially when I was thinking about this back in 2014, when Rod White, the Olympic gold medalist, was doing the test on his original concept arrow called the broomstick, which I think in a few podcasts we mentioned it was done with the uh, uh, Black Eagle Rampage, and uh, the the thing is pretty phenomenal. And he, of course, a lot more meticulous than others. He actually made all the arrow weight the same, which I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Of course, front of center, he's trying his best to make it. He was using uh, the, the heavy lead takes and so on to make sure the arrow weight about the same thing with the weight same distribution. That's where the data actually, he, when he gave me, he said it's so phenomenal. That's where his initial data with the rampage at 100 yards, the, the impact difference is about uh, no, at 60 yards is 38 feet per second difference just by using concept and without concept with the same weight, which is really, sometimes people can't even think about it. <clears throat> because a 20 inch, uh, 20 and a half inch draw, 70 pound, at 60 yards with 38 feet per second difference. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's a giant deal. Very big deal. And just to let you know, I <coughs> not... Um, adjust any of the weights, um, like George was just saying, to make them the exact. I took the shafts that I had, and they're all the same length. The arrows are all cut the same length. The crossbow bolts are the same length. Uh, But that, as far as that goes, that's all I did. I did not want to try and match weights exactly because my research wasn't focused on if everything is the exact same, which hits the better. Most, uh, well, probably 90% of your bow hunters there, they just say, you know, grab me a, grab a dozen arrows or half a dozen arrows and they start shooting them. And that's what I try to, um, uh, to emulate in this, uh, in this first phase 
was, you know, what happens if a guy just goes into a pro shop, grabs a dozen of whatever type of arrows and takes them and starts shooting them, you know? And uh, that's, that's where the uh, uh, bigger differences is between what George usually tests and what I've done with this testing. Sure. So one thing that I uh, want to ask is, did you do any testing with Aero Concept 1.0 or Aero Concept 2.0 and not Aerovane 2 or Aerovane 3? Was it like Aero Concept 1.0 with blazer veins or was were, did you do any testing like that? Um, no, I did not. That that's. I think we should, we need to add that. You know why? Because I, that actually added the. I thought that we discussed that, but somewhere along the line, no, you you got so busy and you got all the shoots you do. By the way, Tony is a professional shooter now in in quite a few shoots, and uh, he he actually at this moment, I believe you still shoot for Gearhead at this moment. Yes, yes, I uh, I I help them in their research and design. Um, Skip there, he's uh, he's been great. Um, you know, helping me out, giving me some equipment to shoot and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, uh, I do actually have a dozen arrows set up to do exactly what you're saying. Uh, I just have not been able to get out. They're, they're going to be um, not part of phase 1.0. Uh, there's going to be a phase 2.0 where some of the things like doing a, a, a concept 1.0 in say a, a, a gold tip, okay? With other people's veins rather than the concept. Ah, I remember that. I or not. Yeah, sorry, Tony. Yeah, that's part, you see, that would be too much, too much data because yeah. you want to do simulate the arrow shaft first. Then you, I, 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 I saw a mention there, I know it's going to be a big difference if you have arrow veins because, but those are all in the crossbow section, especially on higher distance, higher speed, like yeah. your three, your 350, 375, all the way to 500. Because see, based on mathematical data that I have, without the correct vein, the moment you pass that 350, it's not, it's going to be ugly. But exactly. then the that's going to take a lot more time. And then now we're going to use celebrate pre purely at 100 now, because mm -hmm. When you start shooting at four, 375 feet per second to 500, you saw like that's zero to 50. You saw like, what's the point? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, there, I've got that coming out. Um, like I said, uh, I have one dozen arrows fletched up from a totally different manufacturer that I've done now. Um, so I've got that to be set up. Uh, I also have um, non-Dorge type uh, sh uh, shafts fletched with his technique, okay? I call it the science of archery technique on uh, in my testing because, well, that was a catchphrase I came up with, but um, it is a much more scientific way to build an arrow. So we're going to we're going to see what the differences are, not only in doing concepts with other components, but using his components on other types of um, 
shafts, other company shafts. We're going to mix and match on that and see what our aero flight is. And then we're going to add in the broadheads and then we're going to add in uh, lighted knocks. I've got three different lighted knock companies that I'm going to be working uh, through on, uh, on the videos. Um, so yeah, it's, it, we're, phase one is, is, uh, is long, but I've still got months yet to go for phase two and phase three. <laughs> so it will be coming. Uh, okay. I guess the short answer would be. What was, what do you think was the most, um, eye-opening thing for the entire test? So there's, you have test one being crossbow, test two being standard hunting diameter, um, test three being 204 hunting diameter and test four being 166 hunting diameter. Did you see any significant difference when you changed the diameter of the shaft? Oh yeah. Um, to be honest, what I was surprised at the most, uh, was how the 166 diameter performed. Uh, I was expecting, uh, let's say not a very good um, result from them uh, because I have had experience with 166 arrows in the past, but I guess the last 15 years since I've used one, they, they've uh, really upped the standards of them. Uh, I mean, I've had them break off hitting a target, you know, sure. just a regular uh, practice target. So I was pretty skeptical about the quality and how 166 arrows perform. Uh, and then, you know, uh, one caveat to that is the fact that I did use uh, fire knot components for it. I, I, I just uh, <laughs> didn't trust the, the other styles as much. So, sure. uh, but yeah, I was really surprised with how they perform the 166. Can you, uh, do, do you remember any of the, like the hard numbers or data from any of the comparisons from 246 to 166? No, I don't. <laughs> and uh, that, that's got to wait until I publish it. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't want to give out a lot of exact details yet because uh, I kind of like to surprise people. Uh, what I sent to Dorge is just, a, you know, a one page type of thing compared to what I'm, uh, what I'm going to have to publish here. And sure. I will be publishing, I took photos of all of the, um, uh, the results using the lab radar. Every time I shot an arrow, I took a picture of it. So it shows, you know, the V zero velocity at 20, 30, 40, 50, all of that. Um, unless an arrow, like sometimes it didn't, it didn't register and I just put in the results, you know, did not register type of thing. So we excluded that from, uh, from the calculations. Sure. Uh, but yeah, everything is, uh, is pretty close to being published. Where will that be published when it's ready? <laughs> well, I think I only have maybe two or three charts left that I have to do. Um, so give me some time, well, today's the 13th. I'm hoping within the next two weeks, because I want to get it done before I go deer hunting. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't blame you there. 
Dorch, was there anything in the data that you looked at that really stood out to you? No, actually, the data is expected. We've been talking about this for a very long time. But I just got tired of people telling me, you know, this can't be, this can't be, this can't be. So I say, Tony, I mean, you know, I, I, being an effort archer and semi and retired and, and come back and play, I think you will be one of the people with, first of all, you have credentials. When you come up data with your personal integrity, you every people will trust what you have done because you've been doing archery for so many years. And not to mention be a person that a lot of people in the older generation actually know archery, know you. I think you're, I'm trying to write on his credibility to prove what I have been saying all along because sure. you get tired of people <laughs> saying that it can't be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, if everybody say it can't be, let's come get up with some factual data. That's the yeah. reason when I finally come and say, oh, you know what? I will come up with the equipment. And that's the reason I bought the lab radar. I bought the, what? I have the, just like when we, I might do experiment with Rod White. I bought the high speed camera. I learned a lot because until you actually got some hot data to talk about, it's just talk about. Yeah, we live and, in the, we live in the world of show me, don't tell me. Yes, exactly. Now, can, I, can I interrupt you guys for one sec? Absolutely. Just to make a point. Uh, George said he approached me. He did. Uh, but I want to assure everybody, and I, I told this to George before I even agreed to do this. I said, George, you're going to get the data, good, bad, or indifferent to FireKnock. I don't care. If it shows FireKnock is the worst out there, then that's what's going to show. And it's going to be up to him whether he wants to prove the data wrong or right or whatever. And I've, I've told that to all of the companies that, uh, that I'm you know, using their products with. Uh, I don't sugarcoat things. Uh, you know, I was asked to do this. So I said, we're going to do it. We're going to do it on my terms. And my terms are totally independent of your feelings or anything, sure. you know, and uh, there's other companies that I, I shot for when I was shooting professional archery, they're included in this. I have loyalty to a lot of different arrow manufacturers, uh, bow manufacturers, crossbow manufacturers, but the data is the data. It's not tainted whatsoever by me. I'm stepping, stepping. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, you're the tester and nothing else. Your, your reputation rides on it. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm letting, you know, I'm putting my reputation on the line for these numbers. Uh, but uh, so far, like Dorage said, um, he's pretty happy with the numbers too. I'm sure most of the uh, arrow or shaft manufacturers are going to be happy with this um, because this, this is useful data to them as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, what, if they want to make changes or tweaks or say, hey, try these arrows out, we want you to do do this. I have no problem doing that as long as I realize if I'm going to do that, like I tell any of the over 2000 clients that I've uh, tested products for in the past, you're going to get the data good, bad or indifferent. Um, you know, I don't sugarcoat anything in, in uh in my process or in my results. That's good. That's, I mean, um, I've done some testing myself and it's like, it's a brutal world. 
um, <laughs> what, what people will say to you. And oh, yeah. The, the rebuttals are always very interesting, man. I, I could study the comment section of your um, of your results for hours, I bet, when this stuff oh, is published. I'm I mean, sure. it's, it's I, one of go ahead. I had one of the, I had a website. It was only for 10 months. Okay. It's called Warden's Blog, where I was doing product reviews. Uh, I ended up with over a million views. Uh, I started in February by August. I had a million views. I had manufacturers mailing me their products to test out for my blog. And I did one test on a crossbow company and it wasn't a very favorable test. Uh, I got bashed on crossbow nation. Uh, it, it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of funny, you know, uh, people are, ah, this guy must just be, you know, some hack that's tried to make a name for himself and everything until I published my, um, resume <laughs> and yeah, that kind of shut them up after that. <laughs> yeah. What can you really argue with there? Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't argue with a guy that his first pro contract was with Hoyt. You know, I've shot for PSE, Martin, uh, you know, all the big companies. Is there anything in this data that you're hoping to find that maybe you haven't seen yet? Or um, can you give me some, let's, let's say, uh, answer that first, and then I'll have a couple more questions. Well, not really. I, I was, and the data is already showing it for the most part. Uh, the technique to building your arrows. Uh, that's the part that really interests me because there, there's so many different, you know, fletching jigs out there that do the same thing. And then God forbid you get one of those tower type ones because as soon as you put your glue on those, even if it's Insta glue, you know, it's going to run down to the bottom of your uh, your vein before you can clamp it on. Uh, the only time I've seen those work is when you have spray glue, uh, but that's when you've got a big um, professional machine for you know putting out a hundred dozen arrows a day. Um, so yeah, it, it nothing has really surprised me about this. Uh, one performance, the performance of one company uh, kind of surprised me. I thought that honestly, it would be a lot higher uh, in the in the results. But other than that, no. Uh, I mean, I've shot every possible bow out there, including a Yumi bow. I've shot all the different types of arrows, you know, over the years. So. It's kind of hard to surprise me with stuff anymore. Sure. <laughs> Last time I was surprised is when I uh, uh, met Dorge. <laughs> that makes sense. So, okay. I want to kind of get your, um, give me a, as quick of a rundown as you can of what phase two is actually going to be. Phase two is going to be um, mixing the, uh, components for the concept 1.0 and 2.0 with different uh, manufacturer shafts, as well as using those concepts, but then using other manufacturers components. 
Okay. Okay. Um, I'm still debating whether I'm going to do that and then put the broadhead and lighted knock uh, part into into a phase three, or if I'm just going to combine it all into one, uh, it's going to kind of depend on well, the weather for one thing. Because sure. shooting out, you know, 100 yards, you've got to have uh, decent weather. So that's a lot of what took us so long. That and getting uh, getting used to the lab radar and its little quirks, because it is a very sensitive uh, machine to use. Yes, oh, experience. Yeah, let me add to that. Two two inches. You can move that thing two inches, and it makes a difference. Yep. <laughs> yeah, ahead. you remember that we 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 tried the lab radar for a long time, and we never worked. Yeah, because your you earbuds. Were... Yes, it was the earbuds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the microphone uh, that I was using to talk on camera with, because I also recorded. The entire sessions that I would shoot. Okay. So you could see right from start to finish that I wasn't fudging anything. And I could not get this thing. It would work a little bit, you know, right at first. And then as soon as I got ready to start filming, it would stop. I couldn't understand what was going on until talking with the people at Lab Radar. And they said, well, it could be your microphone because it's a cordless one. And sure enough, I turned the, the uh, cordless microphone off. Works like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> the frequency was was the same. Yeah, there. the frequency was too close. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so let's let's say for conversation's sake that you split phase two and phase three. What uh, do you have any predictions for what's going to happen for phase two? Uh, honestly, I do, but I'd really rather not say because then people might say well you're going into this tainted you said this on the air so it has to be um but let's put it this way there are some component arrow matches that i think are going to outperform others by a fair amount okay, okay. that's fair that's fair. Now, um, entering phase three, when you throw, let's just say broadheads here, mm -hmm. do you have any predictions for that? What, what's going to happen when broadheads come into play? Well, I think for, well, the first thing we're going to see is that wind tunnel effect that I was telling you about. I think that's going to increase quite a bit. Okay. Uh, because especially on fixed blade, that's why everybody's going to the mechanicals, but to be honest, um, mechanicals, I don't think are going to show up, at, you know, as well as everybody says, okay? Most people say they shoot exactly the same as your field points. Well, there's exactly the same and there's close where it hits, you know, within <laughs> sure. three or four inches. Eh, yeah. Like my dad would say, it's good enough to kill a deer, yep. you know? I... Yeah, I, I can I can see uh, that happening. I'm hoping it doesn't, but I I'm I would be surprised if it surprised me. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, do you know what broadheads you're going to be testing in that? I do. I have. Um, let's see. I've got some Rage. Uh, I got Wasp. Um, I got a 
my own personal broadheads. I've got uh, two different types of broadheads uh, that I purchased from Dorge. The, um, what is it? The Falcon or Talon, one of the two for crossbow and uh, his daggers for uh, the compound bow. Uh, so I want to see how they all go. I'm using, uh, actually, I got a couple of, they're, they're not named yet. Like Wasp has, was, has a, or showing a new type of um, expandable broadhead. Doesn't have a name or anything on it yet. Uh, so, you know, though we've got some that are in the works too that, aren't really being uh, promoted yet. Sure, so sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I, and then right now for the knocks, I have Nocturnal, Loom Knock and Fire Knock. Uh, those are the, basically the big three that are, are being used. I'm trying to keep things to, you know, what everyday archers uh, use sure. in my, in my uh, things. And then, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think what's really surprising me more than anything is the distances people are shooting game at now. I mean, my average deer, let's say, I've shot at 40, about 48 yards away. I'm hearing guys, even guys like Dorge, who, you know, he's a rookie to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's shooting 60, 70 yards away and dropping deer instantly. I mean, the technology that way um, is really surprising how accurate bows and crossbows are out to 100, you know, 150 yards, uh, dare I say it, 200 yards. I mean, some of these crossbows that are pushing 500 feet per second, uh, if you're bench resting, it's very easy for you to shoot 200 yards with those, those things, you know. So uh, that's, that is very surprising just in the last, you know, five or six years, how, uh, how far uh, we've extended our, our shooting range. Yeah, I agree with that. The, I mean, I would have never even considered shooting a deer at 40 yards. Everyone's like, oh, 30 yards and under, like the, the old way of thinking of exactly. um, 30 yep. yards and under is kind of, it's kind of gone. Um, we're able to extend our um, effective ranges a lot further with the technology that we have however someone needs to come up with a sight tape for air concept 1.0 and concept 2.0 because <laughs> after after uh 60 yards mine is just junk yeah you, yeah i hate to say it but i don't think you, you can because well i guess it's possible but because there's so many variations uh, variations that you can put through you know like a, a say for a crossbow you know uh, you've got your speeds you know from 300 or 250 up to 350 you know they can graph that out and make an easy chart uh, because it's going to be very similar no matter what system you use until you throw in this concept 1.0 or concept 2.0 and then like you said all those graphs get thrown out the window because yep. there's so many variables that you can do, uh, you know, and, and Dorge knows more about that than I do. Uh, the different 
um, lengths of the component, internal components and whatnot, make a huge difference. So uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I basically just cut my sight tape at 60 yards. And then I found one that was kind of close. That was a little bit close, like closer together <laughs> and just mm -hmm. kind of combined two different sight tapes to get close, but I'm still not, um, I'm still not confident that if I had to dial it into a yard, that it would be accurate. And then my boss, Chad's, um, his speed is a lot. He's shooting a lot faster than me. His mm -hmm. af after 40 yards is jump. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly. That's the reason, you know, with the, at one point I was asking, do people, do people really start thinking side tape? I think side tape is going to end up to be an app that you put in your actual data and then you transfer mm. the data into a tape and you put it on. That's about, that was original. I was talking to uh, my daughter. I said, should we just go and write the damn thing? Yeah, so, please. What's well, on air now, George? You have to do it. <laughs> you know how many, you know, that's another one of those IT projects. It's, mm -hmm. it's not that difficult. The only difficult is the, uh, is the print drivers. As me being, a, you know, I'm one of the few guys who actually know computer well. <laughs> yes, I mean, can we do it? Yes. But I would, if I want to do it, I would most probably do it on a brother printer, or, or which is a handheld brother printer, right? Because it's a, it's a waterproof tape, and yeah. then we just, and then we we also get about 160 PPI. That will make life easy. The only question left is how big do we do put the numbers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just remember, if you're doing this, there's a lot of old guys like me that can't see the teeny tiny numbers that you get on some of these tapes. So. <laughs> ah, good call. I mean, that's reason maybe we should just put big gigantic two, three, four, five, six <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, George, um, I'm going to ask you the same question. So I think mm -hmm. you're you're able to give a prediction because then you're not part of the testing. Phase two, when you take your components and put them in different shafts, what are your expectations? No, actually, I I, I pretty much know what the result would be, but I want to prove. That's reason. When, when Tony's when me and Tony was discussing a long time ago, I want him to do it. Is that the the, the fact that you, the more you get error concept, just like we talk about the fish effect from a hell from a halibut to a tuna to a eel, that's gonna be a big deal to the veins. So you'll find out the arrow wing two is gonna jump quite a bit. And with arrow con with the arrow concept 2.0 with arrow wing three, you are not you're allowing the the arrow wing three to spin correctly. I mean, it does everything is so compound, and which is the reason I move from one move from a simple insert. Remember, we at Finac we do not make arrow until the last four years. We're in business since two thousand six. I'm selling components only, which is why a lot of people say, "Dodge your component never fit perfect." I say, "Not perfect for your arrow," because there's such a huge variance. Sure, but you're building you correct, right? I mean, just like two forty six. The smallest is 242, which is weak by common impact. The biggest is element, it's most, more like a 247. But in the case of 202, the smallest is common experience test is 201. The biggest is element at 207. That's 6,000 on a 200. Yep. This is not a percentage, that is, like, that is 3% difference. Yep. There's a lot of room for epoxy in there. Yes. Correct, yeah. and, but, I, but I have to make those because see, I make them for every single arrow, just like, a lot of customers hate me say, hey, Dodge, I, I put your uh, uh, A1H24A on my uh, 
on my uh, 246, 450 spine. How come you got a, such a big lip? I said, yeah, because you know, cover the 246 like a carbon express power driver, which are the thickest wall. Yeah. And then you, you can't make everybody happy, but that's what I'm a component maker at heart. So when Tony using, I mean, this reason all the technique I used has to be good on every single arrow. Is some arrow better than others? Absolutely. So I predict that, first of all, just like, this is not, do not make surprise me, just like I'll, I'll, I'll make a lot and manufacturing happy. It's like, you can put arrow concept 1.0 or even 2.0 on a Black Eagle, say, uh, uh, Outlaw, which is a $45 dozen arrow. After 50, 100 shots, you think they'll find out you absolutely outperform a Goatee Pro Hunter. That's 1,000 straightness. No, you outperform it. I'm not just saying it. It will outperform it. So the shaft capability is really so minor compared to components. Sure. I mean, the, the example I always use is like, you go and bought a Sienna, a Toyota Sienna CE, which is a $23,000 car, and you look at the XLG Limited all the drive, that's a 62,000 car. What's the difference? Same chassis, same panel, same engine. The tires. The, the components. But uh, that's where you're paying twice the money. Sure. Am I helping? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I expect too. Um, I'm mm-hmm. actually, I bought some um, just regular shafts as well. And I'm going to do some like grained, uh, like diameter testing. So I'm going to take mm-hmm. a 246 shaft that weighs exactly as much as an MMT one of them's going to have the arrow concept in it. One of them's not. And I'm just going to see how much better it actually is. Cause I know it's better. And I just want with that, with that labrador, you can do so much in the uh, show me, don't tell me a lot of this podcast is just telling, you know, I don't have mm-hmm. visual proof, but um, I'm working on it. We're working on it. And now Tony's done it for all, everyone to see. So maybe I don't even have to do that anymore. I'm just going to send my stuff to Tony and say, hey, Tony, include this in your testing. Well, actually, you should do it too. The more people do it, better. Sure. No, Tony, sorry. No, no, that's okay. I just said if he wants, be my guest. Um, You know, I, um, yeah, I have no problem testing products out for others. uh, As long as, like I said, good, better, and different, the results are the results. So... You know, if you don't like my results, don't blame me. It's the stuff that you wanted me to test. Yeah, well, if, if we don't like our results, we're blaming Dorge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I will take the blame and I will improve it. But so far, I know I, what, what I give everybody of what I know is the best. I do want to, I want to send my broadhead, my personal broadhead that I shot um, mm-hmm. out to you just to see. Um, Dorge, I, I shot that dagger the other day. Pretty yeah. sweet. Well, I told you that dagger, if you use it with aerobic three correctly, as I said, just like the field deer, I shot with it, like Tony shot a bear with it too. How long does that bear move, Tony? <laughs> well, I shot a record book, uh, Northern Ontario black bear two years ago, uh, and it went 10 feet. <laughs> yeah, the, the buck I have shot it, it dashed. And I was with the dagger. The dagger yeah, 125, I, I think is what it was. Yeah, the 125 dagger, yes. And then just like the 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 dagger, I, the first deer I shot with the dagger, it was going downhill. It barely made 20 yards. And the funny thing is that there's no blood on the floor. And people say, what? 
I say, well, if you know how it works, you really should not be looking for the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Look for the animal, not the blood. Exactly. Sure. Well, okay, Tony, I have one, one last question for you, and then we're going to wrap this up. So you're going hunting tomorrow. You're hunting. No, not tomorrow. At no, the no, no, no. This is, this is my question to you. Oh, this, if is, I'm going this is a hypothetical. Right. You're go- you have to go hunting tomorrow. You mm-hmm. have a 200-inch whitetail on camera, and you know you're going to kill him tomorrow. You're hunting with a compound bow. What mm-hmm. is your arrow setup? My arrow setup, uh, well, I can tell you exactly because this will be my setup this year. I shoot um, uh, the sport weave air, uh, shafts. Uh, I shoot Concept 1.0. Uh, I will be shooting Aerovane 2s with fire knock lighted knocks. And for the compound bow, I'll be using uh, my daggers, the dagger 125s. A 300 or a 246? Oh, it's a diameter. 246. Okay. So you're basically shooting an Exodus MMT. Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. Well, that's good to know. Uh, Is there anything you want to leave this, this podcast with any, you want to, any insight, plug what you have going on, tell people where to look for you. Um, Well, like I said, it's going to take a couple of weeks, but uh, the website will be, um, www.wardens.ca. So just W-A-R-D-E-N-S.ca. And, um, you know, if there's any manufacturers out there that want to include their products, I know uh, a couple of companies we couldn't just couldn't hook up to get the permission for. So I left them out of this uh, first phase, but, you know, I have no problem revisiting it for people. Sounds good to me. George, anything you want to leave off with here? No, actually, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I want to sort of introduce Tony to the to the world because a lot of people know him, but not in your generation. Because the, <laughs> Tony is famous in, in the private generation, winning so many things as a team captain of Hoyt. I mean, he's very renowned, but as you know, he is uh, retired and he's sort of coming out to help us new archers. I'll help you guys new archers. <laughs> it's with me. <laughs> You're still a rookie, man. You're still a rookie. <laughs> I have to admit it. Well, that's cool. I look forward to hearing more from you, Tony. Thank you for taking an hour out of your out of your busy life today to help us with this. You could be out there testing. Instead, you're here talking to us. I appreciate so. that. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, give my research uh, a little bit of notoriety, and uh, you know, hopefully, some people will be able to use it. We'll keep chugging along with it. So thank you guys. Have yourselves a wonderful evening and we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Goodbye.